Hi, I'm Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh. In over 20 years of practicing both Western medicine and Eastern healing traditions, the most important thing that I've learned is that healing is a journey we take together. So on this podcast, I'll be demystifying Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing how these simple ancient practices are the keys to unlocking a healthy modern life. We are all healing catalysts because healing starts within. It starts with you and it starts right now. This is a Soulfire production. Episode number 95. Get ready, my friends. We have a great episode for you today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Healing Catalyst podcast. And for those of you who are new here, I'm Avanti, and I'm so excited for you to be here with me. Today, I'm joined by my director of content, Ruth Hinkle, for a very special episode where we are answering all of your questions about my daily routine and my favorite wellness tools and products. You know, I get so many questions over Instagram DM, via email, and through voice messages on SpeakPipe, which is also linked below in the show notes in case you want to ask me a question. We get so many questions asking about what I do on a daily basis, what my routines are, and what tools and products I use. So we thought we'd gather up all the questions and do a full episode on this. Now, everything I mentioned will be listed in the show notes below for you. However, if you want to get some amazing discounts on some of the tools and products that I talk about, make sure that you're signed up for my newsletter. There's also a link in the show notes to sign up for the newsletter. My team reached out to many of these brands that I talk about, and so many of them were so generous to give me some special codes for all of you to use. Okay, let's get to the episode, this Ask Me Anything episode about my daily routine and my favorite wellness tools and products. Hi, Ruth. How are you? I am doing well, Avanti. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to do this with you. I finally convinced (laughs) you to be on the podcast with me. So thank you for doing this. And to all the listeners, Ruth Hinkle is on the podcast today with me. She's going to be doing an AMA and Ask Me Anything episode with me. And Ruth is the director of all of my content. Actually, she does so much more than just my content. She's been working with me for the past two and a half years or so and sort of knows everything about the work that I do and has learned a lot along the way, I know, and this is a topic that you're really interested in. So this is going to be fun. So today we're going to be talking about a lot of the questions that we get, which are really focused around routines and my favorite products and tools that I use. We get questions all the time. What kind of skincare products do you use? What kind of tongue scraper do you use? What kind of, you know, spices? And I mean, the list goes on and on. And then I also get a lot of questions about well, Dr. Avanti, what do you do every day? Like you talk about all these routines, but what do you actually do? So Ruth has so generously compiled a lot of these questions from my Instagram DMs, questions that we get in email on SpeakPipe, where people can leave voice messages. By the way, you can leave voice messages on SpeakPipe. It's linked in the show notes. If you ever want to ask a question or leave a comment, that's a great way They get to me and I hear all of the messages. So it's kind of fun. But anyway, so this is going to be a compilation of a lot of the questions around routines and my favorite tools and products. And the thing that I want to say from the outset is that as of this recording, 
None of this is sponsored by anybody. You know, who knows? Maybe in the in the future, some of these companies will will sponsor and and collaborate with me on things. But as of right now, at the time of this recording, none of these products are sponsored. They're all my own opinions and sort of the things that I use. So I just wanted to put that out there. So I don't know where you want to start. Yeah, let's just start from you write a lot about routines and the importance of routines in Ayurveda. That's something I've learned a lot working with you in the past couple of years. So can you tell us again, what is it about routines that makes such a difference? And why are you talking about your daily routine today? Yeah, no, that's a really great question. So let's, you know, why is this important? <laughs> that's a good place to start. So a lot of you who listen to this podcast, you know that I'm very big on routines, and that's also an Ayurvedic principle. Routines are actually the most important thing that we talk about in Ayurveda. Most Ayurvedic practitioners, when they first meet you and assess you, if you do a consultation with them, what they're doing throughout that entire time, that hour and a half or however long it takes them, in my consultations, it's an hour and a half. I am assessing what your routines look like on a daily basis, on a seasonal basis, to get an idea of what are you doing every day? Because I really believe, and Ayurveda believes, that what you do on a daily basis is what matters the most. Okay. Now, the reason that it's important from a Western medical scientific point of view, which of course they didn't know this 5,000 years ago, but of course ancient wisdom is always proven by Western science, is that this is a way to regulate and reset your circadian rhythm on a daily basis. It's basically the idea that when your body, when your body, the cells in your body, when your mind knows what's coming next and has some regularity, it can actually sync up with the things that you're doing. Or the reverse is also true, that when you sync up what you're doing with the normal regulation of your hormones, of the cell you know, functions throughout the day, you're actually maximizing your circadian rhythm and you're also helping to really sort of run in an optimal way, if that makes sense. And the two main hormones that we're talking about here are melatonin and cortisol, which I'll get to in a second. But those are two of the ones that we're really trying to regulate, you know, in the evening, in the morning, cortisol throughout the day, managing stress, managing our stress responses, right? Because again, all of this is linked to the you know, the progression of symptoms, illness, disease is by really trying to regulate your stress response is a big thing in that. So that's kind of a little, just a little snippet about what daily routines do, but we have some episodes that are fully on circadian rhythm. So we'll link those in the show notes as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then let's talk about the morning first. What's happening in the morning according to our circadian rhythms? What are what's happening with those hormones? What does that look like sort of first thing in the morning before we talk about what you do each morning? So the first one we're going to talk about is melatonin, okay? I know that's evening, that's not in the morning, but it's relevant for a reason. In the evening, as the daylight goes down, our retina will perceive that that there's decreasing light. We'll send a message to our brain which then causes a whole cascade of hormonal release and basically tells our body to release the hormone melatonin to help us start to relax and go to sleep. That is the hormone that keeps us asleep at night. Now, the opposite is true in the morning, getting to your question of why is this important? Because in the morning, we want the melatonin to switch off and we want cortisol 
to actually switch on. This is the one time when cortisol is what we need. It helps us wake up. And so the opposite is true. As we start to perceive light in our retina, it will then turn down the melatonin and turn up the cortisol to help us wake up. Now, why are these two hormones so important? Cortisol and melatonin are really the master regulators because they're sort of synchronizing and setting off a whole cascade of control of everything else in the body. So that's just a little bit. Again, we go into this much deeper in some of the other episodes that we've done specifically on circadian rhythm. So that's kind of what's going on. So in the morning, what we're trying to do is increase the cortisol and decrease the melatonin so that we can wake up and get started with our day. Okay. That's great. That's really helpful. So, and I know you have specific routines that you try to do every morning. So what does that look like for you? Let's say your alarm has just gone off. Mm -hmm. The sun is coming up. What happens? Yeah. So the first thing that I do is I want to remove the toxins that have accumulated overnight. So let's back up for a second and talk about that. Overnight, when we are sleeping, our body is in rest and repair mode. And so what's happening is, is that the body is really trying to clean up everything from the day and get rid of what it doesn't need, keep what it does. And so in the morning, our body is trying to eliminate those toxins that it has accumulated or sort of collected overnight. So if we can help that elimination process in the morning, then we're doing a good thing. We're helping our body do what it does naturally. And so the first place to remove toxins from are your senses. So, you know, I'll get up, I'll go to the bathroom and what I'm doing in there is I'm washing out my senses, sort of rinsing them out, helping that natural detoxification process that happened overnight, just kind of helping get rid of those toxins. So I'm going to wash my eyes with cool water, cool water specifically because pitta or the fire element actually will accumulate in the eyes. That's a, that's a home for that dosha is how we talk about it in Ayurveda. And so there's can be heat that will build up in the eyes. Now, a lot of you probably have experienced this because if you're staring at blue light and screens all day, your, your eyes at the end of the, the day might feel kind of itchy, tired, fiery almost. I know that's true for me. I don't know, Ruth, have you ever experienced that? sort of that feeling. Definitely here. dry. Yeah. yeah. Not so much fiery, but definitely dry. Yeah. So dry. Yeah. So all of that is basically that heat, that pitta fire element that's accumulating in your eyes. And so even though you've slept overnight, the heat will stay in your eyes. And so you want, again, is try and remove it. So sort of that, you know, the crusty eye that we have in the morning, that's our body trying to just basically get rid of some of the dirt debris that has accumulated when we blink or in the eyelids. So we just want to rinse that out. So that's the first thing. And so make sure it's cool water. So that's the first thing that I do. The next thing that I do is I scrape my tongue. Now, why is you know scra tongue scraping so important? Because again, you're removing all the toxins that have accumulated in your tongue. The most important thing to think about here is that you should first do it first thing before you brush, actually, because you want to first remove all the toxins. The second thing is, you know, what kind of tool do you use? A lot of people will say that they use, a, you know, their toothbrush. I don't really love that. I think that it's kind of, you know, you should have a separate tool. So you can get a tongue scraper. You can just, you know, search for it online. I would suggest copper because it's the most antimicrobial and antibacterial metal. And then make sure that it's the U-shaped tongue scraper. There are some that are like a little triangle. 
I don't know that those are, you know, any better. I've, I've always used since I was a kid, the U-shaped one. And that is the traditional, you know, shape of a tongue scraper. The next step is to oil pull. And again, you can just put like a little, you know, oil into your mouth and you're going to swish and spit. I'm not going to go through every, you know, process of how we do this because we've talked about that in other episodes. I just want to go through my daily routine and then talk about the products. So for oil pulling, my favorite products are by a company called Terra & Co. Again, that'll be linked in the show notes. So I love their oil pull. I then brush my teeth. And then I do a nasal rinse or a neti pot. Now, I find neti pots really difficult. I don't know. Do you, Ruth, do you do a neti pot in the morning? No, I don't. Neti pot is something I've always wanted to try, but I'm also very intimidated by. Mm -hmm. um, so I tend to use like a nasal spray to help me loosen any congestion okay. I have there. Yeah, got it. And you know, what you're saying about it being intimidating is actually something I hear from a lot of people. And I will tell you, honestly, when I sort of came back to Ayurveda many years ago, neti pot was the last thing that I added to my routine because I <laughs> felt the same way. <laughs> so I found a really good sort of solution for this. And it's a nasal rinse system instead. So the one that I use is the Neil Med sinus rinse bottle. It's like a squeezy bottle. That's just easier than having to tip your head and do all that stuff with neti pot. I mean, that's great if, if you know, someone who's listening that's what you do. Absolutely keep doing that. But I use the Neil Med sinus rinse because it's just easier for me to handle and it's not as intimidating. So that's what I do for the nasal rinse. And then I wash my face. You know, I really try and just to cleanse my face. You guys all know if you've listened to this podcast that I'm a huge fan of Sahajan Skincare. It's an Ayurvedic skincare brand that I just find wonderful. It's, it's authentic to the original formulations for these products. Their ingredients are pure. I love how they smell. I love how they feel. My favorite ones that I use every morning are the essential cleansing oil, their balance toner, and their beauty oil. Those are the three that I love, but they have beautiful products. So, so that's the first thing that I do in the morning for toxin removal. Okay. So that's the first part of your morning. Right after you get up, you go straight to toxin removal. What happens after you've done sort of that morning routine kind of in the bathroom? What happens from there? Yeah. So I actually don't go take a shower right away. I actually get myself downstairs and outside for morning sun viewing. Okay. And I actually try and kind of multitask this one with warm water and my journal. So I'll tell you what I mean. But so first of all, morning sun viewing, super important because what you're doing again is you're helping to reset your circadian rhythm, right? We talked about that light going into your retina. And so again, you're trying to decrease the melatonin and increase your cortisol. This is one of the main ways we do it is by getting light into our retina, which then sends the signal to our brain and sends it to the rest of our body, right? So that's what you're doing. It's so important to try to get anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes of morning sun into your eyes. So you're not doing it through a window. You're not doing it through sunglasses right into your eyes. That doesn't mean you're staring at the sun, but you know, you're getting some natural light right into your eyes. I go outside on my patio. You could go for a walk, whatever you want to do. So I'll do that for 10 to 20 minutes. And while I'm doing that, I'm drinking my warm water. That's an internal flush that will help to, you know, help 
me eliminate my bowels first thing in the morning. It sort of flushes your system on the inside. And I'm also doing a gratitude journal or morning pages or journaling, whatever I feel like doing that morning. I found this really great journal that somebody suggested to me. It's called the five minute gratitude journal. Have you heard of this journal, Ruth? I haven't. Okay. It's a really cool little journal. You guys can, you know, Google it online. You know, you can get it, I think probably anywhere, but someone gave it to me as a gift. And it's really nice because it's sort of like one page per day, but there's like three questions for the morning, three questions for the evening. I just find it really easy and simple. And it sort of sets my intention for the day. I found it to be a really great tool. I don't do it every single day, but I'll just date it. And it's kind of fun to go back and see what I was thinking about. So I kind of journal however I feel like that morning. I think, you know, that brings up something that I think is really important to think about is that these are all things that I try to do. I'm not perfect. I don't do every single one of these things every morning. I will say that I do the toxin removal every morning without fail. The other things that we're going to talk about, I kind of do the best I can. And that's really important. This is not about perfection, but it's about being in the general direction and doing enough of these things that you're still getting the benefit from them. Yes, what you do daily matters. That's the most important thing. But I also think there's a little wiggle room here to avoid that perfectionist tendency. So that's just important. Yeah. Absolutely. I think something that maybe listeners don't hear that I know about you is how much flexibility matters to you and to find practices that sort of flex and flow with your life. Maybe it's not exactly what you're supposed to do, or it's not the perfect routine, but to, to do your best. And I like, you know, even you saying that sometimes you do morning pages, sometimes you do the gratitude journal, that it depends, Mm -hmm. or it's 10 to 20 minutes of sun into your eyes. You know, there's a range. Yeah. I think that's really important and something that maybe when you're reading any of your material or listening to the podcast, you might miss that like there is a lot of room for flexibility in what you offer people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, again, that's important. Like even with the toxin removal, you know, we were just joking about how neti pot is very intimidating. You know, a lot of the, the clients and students that I talk to, that is the last thing that they'll add, you know, a year after they're doing these practices, they get to neti pot later because they just can't they can't figure it out or they, they just don't like it or are intimidated by it. That's okay. They're doing other things to remove toxins in the morning. The idea again is that that's in your head of like, oh yeah, first thing in the morning, I need to remove these toxins that my body has worked so hard overnight to accumulate and like sort of collect in these areas. Let me help my body by doing the final step of getting them out of my body, right? That's the most important concept. Now, how you do it, there's flexibility again. So. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I think that's important for everybody to hear. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So we've, you've done toxin removal. You have had sort of this time with the sun and your warm water and a little bit of reflection and gratitude. What happens from there for you in the morning? Yeah. And so then I'll go back inside. Sometimes if it's nice outside, you know, the weather is so variable here in Chicago. I try to do (laughs) a little bit of breath work and meditation. Okay. Again, this is flexible. It doesn't happen every single day at this time, but I really try. And sometimes it's, you know, a 15 minute practice. Sometimes it's a five minute practice. It just depends on what's going on. But I'll start with some simple breath work. It can be as simple as tuning into my inhale and my exhale for a couple of minutes and just sort of, you know, becoming aware of my breath. 
It might be something a little bit more involved where I'm doing alternate nostril breathing or another technique that's a little more advanced. It just depends, again, what time of year it is, how I'm feeling. That's all variable. So I'll do a little bit of breath work. But again, just starting with some simple breath awareness is amazing. That means that you're just tuning into it and you can build from there. Do it for a minute, do it for two minutes, then you can get fancy and try these other breath techniques. But just tuning in is so important. So I think that's that's really the key. And then the next thing that I do will do some I'll do some kind of meditation. Now again, this varies. Sometimes I'm doing it inside sitting in a chair or on the floor and I'll do a mantra meditation. Sometimes I'll do a guided meditation. There's a lot of really cool apps out there that you can use Insight Timer, Headspace, Calm. Ruth, do you use any of those apps? I don't use any of those. I use one sometimes before bed that's called, uh, what are they? They changed the name. It's called Better Sleep now. And they have a lot of meditations yeah. there that I use sometimes. I don't use them as much during the day. I tend to use them at night. Okay. Yeah. And that's great. And that's a great time to use them as well. I know a lot of people who use them in the morning and in the evening. And some people who even use them during the daytime. And there's some really wonderful things out there. You can even find a lot of these meditations on YouTube for like free completely. But I do think some of these apps have the free versions that you can use as well. So any of those, you know, are really great resources for meditation and to guide you through meditation. Another thing that I have just recently started doing, and this is partially because I have been doing so much research on longevity. That's, you know, the next book that I'm writing and that I'm turning in in two months, but is red light therapy. So I want to tell you guys about this. I found this product called Loombox. Again, this is not sponsored. This is something I found and read a lot about. And I will put this little loom box. It's like a home red light therapy you know, system. It's really small. It's really convenient. I really love it. It's been developed by a doctor, by an MD, and she's really great. I've listened to some of the, her you know, work and some of the YouTube videos she's had. She's just really smart. But what does red light therapy do? So I will actually put this little loom box on while I'm doing my breath work or while I'm doing my meditation. Again, I'm all about flexibility and trying to do a few things at the same time that can kind of pair together well, because I don't have three hours in the morning to do this stuff. You know, this sounds really involved, but I do it quickly. Like I do, I don't do it like I'm rushing through it, but I'm not taking three hours to do some morning meditation or a morning routine. That's, that's not reality. So, but anyway, back to red light therapy. So what does it do? Red light therapy will actually activate your mitochondria. Why is that important? Mitochondria actually are the powerhouses that make energy in our bodies. They take food and oxygen, combine them and make ATP energy, which we need to basically run everything in our bodies. So as we get older, as we age, we have less and less mitochondria or the mitochondria start to dysregulate or they don't function as well is the short answer of why that's important. Um, in addition, as we grow older, we have natural muscle atrophy and that means that we're going to have less numbers of mitochondria. Our muscles have the most number of mitochondria because they do the most work in our bodies to move us around. Okay. So, Red light therapy actually will activate mitochondria 
So it helps with more ATP energy production. It helps to lower inflammation and helps to increase blood flow. Plus, I think it just feels good. It feels good on your skin. It's really good for inflammation on the skin. It's really great for just increasing your blood flow throughout. You can use it for injuries, but I use it just in the morning as a way to stimulate my mitochondria. So do you have any questions about that? No, I think that makes sense. Sort of the joke for people my age and younger is that the only thing we remember from science classes, those of us who are sort of arts, liberal arts inclined, is that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah, Um, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. And cool to hear that there are, you know, options out there for ways to address that as as we age. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's an investment of something that you have to invest in. It's not, you know, a cheap system. It's not super expensive. I think it's about 500 bucks, but I think they run, you know, specials all the time and you can get it for half off or something. But you could, you know, follow them and watch for a sale if you wanted to. And if this is something that you're really struggling with and that you need, this might be something to invest in. I I am totally aware that this might not be something that everybody does, but This is just something that I have sort of stumbled across in my research and find that it's really important. So I've started doing it. So, Yeah, I love that. Well, and I think a lot of the options for toxin removal and getting sun and gratitude and meditation, a lot of those, there are a lot of accessible options out there. So that's the good news. Like not everyone's going to be able to get Loombox, but yes, there are, you can still do all of these things and practice Ayurveda yes. without spending a lot of money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you've done your meditation, you've done some red light therapy. What comes next? Then I shower and get ready for the day. And that just, you know, depending on what's going on for my day, I might just shower and get ready and go and you know, get started. The days that I have some time, I'm going to take a little longer. I try to either you know, dry brush with some application of oil after the shower, at least two times a week. And then I try to do an abhyanga, a self oil massage, at least one time a week. Now, if you can do it more, that's great. If you have the time, if it's part of, you know, the routine that you want to do, that's great. I just know I can't commit to more than that. So the days that I can, I'll do a dry brush before my shower. And that really improves circulation, removes, you know, all the dead skin cells that are on the surface. So again, that's toxin removal. It improves the circulation to the skin. And so I really like to do this right before I go in for a shower. And then I'll put some body oil on after. I just find that uh, body oil is something that I love. I love how that feels. Some people like moisturizers, really whatever it is you want. And I spend a couple minutes just massaging it nicely into my body. My favorite, of course, is by Sahajan Skincare. They have a product called Ritual Body Oil. It smells so divine. I actually mix it with another oil because, you know, that little bottle is expensive and you're putting it all over your body. So I'll just take some, you know, almond oil or sesame oil, whatever I have, and just mix a little couple drops of that ritual body oil into it just for the smell and then apply it. So that's, that's one routine I might do when I'm showering and getting ready for the day, or I might do a full abayanga or self oil massage. My favorite oil for this is one by Banyan Botanicals. It's called their Daily Massage Oil. The reason I like that one is because it's good for all body types. It's actually tridoshic, the formulation. And again, you can add a little scent to that if you want to. I think it's just mildly scented. 
but they also have, you know, other body oils that are specific for vata, pitta, and kapha. If you happen to know what's going on with you, you can absolutely choose one of those, but this is a good one. Uh, yeah. So, and Abhayanga, not going to go into the full, you know, thing right now, but it's really important. I just want to say this. It's very, very important that you do the Abhayanga, you take the time. This is a self-care, self-love, you know, process or practice. It's very good for calming the nervous system and is one of the main practices that we use in Ayurveda for vata derangement or vata imbalance. And the other thing that you should know is that you want to, you know, massage the skin with the oil and leave it on for maybe five, 10 minutes, and then make sure that you shower and remove it. Because again, the oil is pulling toxins. So you don't want to go to sleep with it or leave it on because, you know, that first of all, that's messy, but it also, you're leaving the toxins on your body. So it's important to take it off after you apply it. Makes a lot of sense. I really like too, the emphasis on this isn't just sort of a transactional process that you use. This is a relationship with yourself and it can be something that's a very loving practice. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, it's supposed to be, you know, it's interesting because actually Abhayanga, so you use Sneha or oil. This, the word for oil in Sanskrit means both love and oil. Oh, wow. It has that's a double really cool. meaning, right? So this is supposed to be a self-loving practice. So that's, you know, I think that's not by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. So, so if depending on the day, the shower practice and the oil practice might change. Mm -hmm. um, once you're done with that, what happens? Are you out the door? Is there anything else sort of before you say I'm good for the day? I'm yeah. You know, again, depending on the day, if I need to get going with my day, then I just go and I'll make sure that I get some movement in at another time during the day, but I make sure I get some movement, whether it's a walk or a yoga class or yoga practice or Pilates, whatever it is. But in the morning, if I have time, I like to go for a walk or I'll, you know, and I go for a walk for 45 minutes by the lake and, you know, listen to a podcast, but I get outside and get that prana moving or do a gratitude walk. I mean, there's so many different ways you can do this. Go for a walk and talk. I've done meetings with you walking and talking, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've even added that to my day sometimes, you know, so I really look at my schedule and I try to schedule it in. Again, you know, you don't want to be so rigid that you, that you just end up and not doing it. And if you add this flexibility and sort of these different ways to get some movement in, it's part of your daily life. It's not such a chore. Then. And it's not like this whole idea of a workout. I hate that term. I don't like that term. <laughs> I think it's a work in, first of all, you know, yoga is oh, about connection with self uh, and movement is about connection with self. And you're doing something that's really good for you, right? From not only a physical perspective, but an energetic perspective, you're moving the prana through your body. And if you go outside and do this practice of movement of a walk, you're replenishing fresh prana in your body. You're connecting with nature, right? There's so many different benefits. So, and one of my favorite apps for yoga at home is the Strala yoga app. My very good friend, Tara Stiles, that's her yoga classes, her app. It's beautiful. She's got classes that are, you know, sort of the 
the strong yoga or energetic yoga or sort of a more relaxed yoga. What I love about the way she names her yoga classes, I just, this is an aside, is that she doesn't make it about beginner, advanced, intermediate. It's not about Mm -hmm. your level. It's about what is that you want to feel in your body. And so if you want to feel really strong, it's going to be a little bit more of a vigorous practice. It's called strong yoga or relaxing yoga. I I love how she's just so intentional about how she names things. Uh, And she's got, you know, meditation. She's got all kinds of stuff. So that's my favorite app for doing a yoga class at home. If I'm not doing my own practice, sometimes I just want someone to lead me. through it and I'm at home. So Absolutely. That's, yeah. So that's, that's the app I use. I don't know if you ever use any apps for yoga or movement. I don't. I, you know, have some videos that I found over the years that I like that work for me. Um, I like what you just said though, and what you like about the way she names things, because I think that's also so much of what you say about everything you talk about in Ayurveda, that it's much more about your intention and connecting with yourself and and whatever that intention is or whatever that purpose is versus this sort of transactional model. Um, that's something that I've seen you talk about a lot is, you know, yoga is not just like checking off a workout box. That's not what yoga is. It's not the intention. So I think that's really powerful. And I'm a person who was never good at working out, have struggled with movement. Being able to shift that language for me has been important to being able to say like, I'm doing something that feels good to me. And that can be whatever, you know, it can be, I'm going for a walk today. I'm doing this yoga practice. I'm, you know, rolling around on the floor, you know, whatever it is in that moment, I'm dancing like that, that makes it much more accessible for me versus feeling like, oh, I have to do X and I'm resistant to external st- structures and routines. And they feel put upon me. I, I want that flexibility that sort of like choose from a menu is really good. Yeah. And, you know, it also goes back to this idea of, you know, movement should be part of our daily lives. The oldest people living on this earth, the centenarians that they write about in the blue zones, the examples I have in my own family of my elders who, you know, are in their 80s and still, you know, moving around like they were, you know, 60 years old, including my parents, right? It's because they, they have daily movement that is part of their lives. It's not going to a gym, you know, like my mom and dad aren't going to a gym and like doing a class. They walk, they do housework on their own. You know, my dad helps emptying the dishwasher and, you know, setting the table and like whatever. And my mom cleans, you know, her whole house herself. Even now she's almost 75, you know? So like, this is the point is that doing all of these kinds of things that feel good, that movement that counts. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. So, and I love what you brought up about dancing. I think that dancing is one of the most therapeutic and wonderful forms of movement. And you don't need to go to a dance club. You don't have to know how to dance or anything like that. Just put on some music that you love and rock out for like five minutes. That's a lot of movement. You'll get your heart rate up. You'll get some steps in, right? All those measures that we have on our phones and our watches, <laughs> all that stuff. And it's Absolutely. fun, you know, and you're moving that prana through it the is. body. So, and if you sing, you're adding the, you know, the benefit of voice and chanting and you're, you know, of, of uh, activating those different energy chakras in your body, which we're not going to get into today, but like singing will help with that. So you're kind of doing a two for one there. So that's another idea, but I love the idea yeah. of dancing. I think singing also, I think, um, tones your vagal nerve, yes. um, which 
helps you regulate your nervous system. I know for me, I, I grew up singing and when I'm feeling really stressed or really scared, singing something familiar can ground me in a way that almost nothing else can. I love that you said that. Actually, my daughter, Isha, does that. She's a singer also. And she's singing all the time, but you know that's like 24 hours a day. But always know when she's self-regulating, if she starts singing more or if she's upset about something, she'll start singing. And, you know, she's just mm. moved back home. And so I'm hearing these voice, this, these sounds again. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a really great point that you brought up. So, yeah, great. Well, I love that. Okay, so we've really, we've talked about your morning, what happens the morning. You know, if you can get that movement, you do. And then you get started. You get started on your day, whatever that looks like for you. So I know with the middle of the day in Ayurveda, that is where the sun is the highest. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your biggest meal for your digestion in the middle of the day. Yep. Um, you know, other than sort of lunch, which we can talk about too, what does sort of the middle of your day look like between, I, you know, I've got my morning started, here I am, I'm going to, mm -hmm. okay, it's time to start winding down. What does that middle section of the day look like? So again, for me, it's very variable because of the work I do. You know, for many other people who maybe work in a traditional office, it might be much more regimented, but really I try to do a morning work block in the morning for anywhere from, you know, an hour. I usually try not to do longer than an hour and a half, you know, 90 minutes and then take a break and then do another 90 minutes. Again, it just depends on you know, what I was doing for my morning routine, if I did movement, all that kind of stuff. But I try to break up my work blocks into 90 minute increments. And even within those, like every 45 minutes or 20 minutes, like there's all different ways that people can do this. There's no right or wrong. I know some people like to use the the tomato. What is that? The Pomodoro? Pomodoro. <laughs> the tomato. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a tomato. You're correct. <laughs> it's like a 20 minute, you know, system of like you work for 20 minutes and then you take a break for a couple of minutes. And then some people like that, whatever it is, but I really try to do 90 minutes and then take a, a bigger break and then 90 minutes again. So I'll do, you know, morning work blocks. And, you know, one of the things that I really try to do in the morning is to tap into that kapha or earth energy that is present from like 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., either to counteract it by doing some movement, or if I'm feeling, you know, pretty energized, I just will work through my task list in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't try to do creative things in the middle of the, you know, morning, that later morning to lunch period, because I'm not tapping into that energy. If I'm going to write or do something creative, I'll actually wake up quite early in the morning and tap into the Vata energy, which is all about movement, creativity, connection with universal, you know, source or ideas, inspiration. And so I try to do things that are very like a written task that I can just like keep checking off. That's a good thing to do in that, that time. Um, let's see, then lunch, biggest meal of the day between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., and then again, work blocks, movement. Again, it just depends. I try to do more creative things in the afternoon because the second vata time of the day starts at about two o'clock. So I'm trying to do something creative, whether it's actually meeting with you and we're, you know, brainstorming about content or, you know, talking about the podcast or if I'm writing, whatever it is, I try to do that stuff in the afternoon. Um, the time that most people think is like this time that it should be like an afternoon slump for me is actually a very creative time. 
And that's actually what it's meant to be. I think that, you know, in Western culture, it's become this like afternoon slump, go get coffee, get sugar. But again, I think that that can change based on what you're eating, how you're eating. We could get into all of that. I don't know if that's something you want to get into this episode, or maybe we should do that on another episode. I don't know. (laughs) It might be interesting to break that out into another episode and really go into sort of how to manage that in the day. I was just thinking as you were talking that I, I don't tend to work well between 12 and two. I don't, I don't get a lot done. I can do sort of admin tasks if I need to, but that creative energy that you're talking about isn't very available to me. And I, depending on the day, and I also have ADHD. So some of this is pretty variable, just depending on how my like dopamine is functioning at any given time. But, you know, but sometimes I'll hit a real stride from three to five in that sort of last part of the day. And I can be absolutely soaring and flying in the same way I would be at 7am. But it does, it does kind of depend. And one thing I have to watch for myself is like holding those expectations loosely about how that's going to turn out as a creative person, as a person who does a lot of writing and yeah, content creation. What is that, you know? Yeah. Holding that loosely. Yeah. No, I think that that's important. That's really important. And I know just as an aside that I get a lot of messages from you, emails and text messages or pings on Notion in that afternoon time of like, can you review this? Oh, what do you think of this? Like, <laughs> and actually I never even thought about the fact that that's like, you're tapping into that creative energy time. So that's interesting. And then, you know, that's kind of my the middle part of my day is really those work blocks. I'm getting tasks done, being creative, which are sort of the big things for me doing consultations. That's what I'm doing in the middle of the day. And then having that, that lunch period. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So Avanti, we're, we're talking about the middle of your day and, you know, food is a big part also of Ayurveda and diet. We're not going to get into that because we have a lot of episodes on diet and Ayurveda and particularly the principle of Ayurvedic eating, which really walks listeners through, you know, morning, noon, and night what to eat, how much, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. But do you have some tips that you can give us or favorite products you can share? Yeah. So if anyone's looking for those kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. So a couple of things, so I'm, I'm going to resist the temptation to go into any of the principle of Ayurvedic eating. Um, that, <laughs> you know, in the morning, I try to, you know, have some CCF digestive tea, which is coriander, cumin, and fennel digestive tea. We have some recipes on the, on the website, on my Instagram. I think I've talked about it on podcasts. You can make it at home. So I'll have some of that in the morning. I tend to fast for anywhere from 12 to 14 hours every day, at least sometimes 16 hours. So I usually don't break my fast until, you know, a little bit later in the morning, like 11, 10, 11, something like that. And I'll usually use athletic greens, the, the powder in water to break my fast. I get a lot of nutrients. I just find that it helps me. It's a product that I've loved for many, many years. So that's something that I like to do. Uh, And then what are some other things that I use? I use um, LMNT hydration packets. I, on the days that I need it, if I'm feeling really lethargic or having a lot of brain fog, I know that I'm probably dehydrated. My electrolytes are probably a little low. I will use those packets. The reason I like LMNT specifically, again, not sponsored, none of these are. These are just products I've found over the years and I love. There's nothing else in it. There's no additives. It's just, it is pure. It's really great. So that's why I like this product. 
And again, you can just, you know, mix a little, they have like single serving packets that you can just mix into water. So if you're on the go, it's great to have. Athletic Greens, the same thing. I'll just throw a packet into my bag, even if I'm going to be on to start, you know, seeing consultations or working or whatever I'm doing, I take it with me. Okay, I love Divya's, my friend and mentor, Chef Divya Alter. She has kitchery packets that I find to be so convenient and delicious. They cook in like 20 to 25 minutes. I always have a couple of those at home, you know, to make as a a midday meal or an evening meal. What are the things? I love to use Spicewell. They have a product called New Salt and New Pepper. I love how those taste. There's lots of adaptogens. So they're like sort of the superfood, basic spices that you can add, you know, to your cooking or on your avocado toast or in your eggs. I love those products. Those are great. And then there's another company that I'd recently discovered in the past, you know, few months, Diaspora Co. And it is a spice company. It's founded by a South Asian woman. And first of all, her website's beautiful, but her spices are ethically sourced and very fresh and pure. And I love her products. So those are some great spices to cook with. Trying to think if there's anything else that's sort of more general. Those are sort of the ones that I really use a lot. So, yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I've heard you talk about some of these. And for listeners, we've had Divya on the podcast a couple of times. And we've had the Spicewell founder also, Rina, Rina Kimra, mm-hmm. on the podcast. So you can hear more about their their stories and their experiences too. You sort of go back a few episodes earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I've had some great conversations with them. Some of those, actually those, those episodes by those two guests have been some of our most popular episodes actually. So yeah, you want to go back and yeah. listen to those if you haven't heard them. Okay. So that's sort of a quick version on food. So listener go, you know, in the show notes, we'll link principles of Ayurvedic eating. So you can do a deeper dive on that, but we talk about food a lot. So there's a lot of resources there. Mm -hmm. Let's transition then. So the workday is closing down. It's becoming evening. Mm -hmm. What are you making sure that you do for your end of day routine? Yeah. So I'm going to be a little more general because again, I don't want to get really prescriptive on this, but I think the most important thing going back to the very beginning of the episode is circadian rhythm maintenance and really regulation. So, you know, I really try by sunset, let's just say around sunset or an hour, you know, after sunset, I try to turn off anything that glows. Now that doesn't mean I'm not watching a movie or TV with my family. I'll do that. But I really try to shut down the computer, stop looking at my phone. You know, I really, really have become very, very, very aware of that because there was a time, I will say last year, when I was, you know, working until the middle of the night and, you know, or late into the evening and looking at my phone at all hours. And I just realized I really needed to shut that down. So I turn off my computer, limit use of my phone starting somewhere around seven o'clock in the evening. Uh, I have actually another product that I've just discovered in the past few months, again, as I'm doing all this research for longevity and my, my new book that'll be coming out next year, is a company called Raw Optics, and they make blue light blockers. I actually haven't used their daytime blue light bo- blockers yet because I need prescription and I haven't gone through the whole mm. process of that, but they have red sunset lenses or like nighttime blockers that I try. Now I'm not, you know, I haven't been the best at this yet because I'm still getting used to doing this, but Mm -hmm. actually putting on these glasses, they're red 
lenses and they're called red sunset lenses. And you put them on right around sunset and sort of wear them through the evening. Again, I am not the best at this. I'm trying, but I think that, you know, the science obviously is there because what you're doing again is you're supporting your circadian rhythm. You know, blue light stimulates cortisol, which is your wakefulness hormone. Okay. So during the daytime, it's okay to be exposed to blue light. We get overexposed to blue light because of screens and the amount of blue light that they put out. But, you know, sunlight has all of the different frequencies of light, including blue light, which, you know, our brains will say, okay, wake up, produce cortisol. At night, we want to decrease that cortisol, right? So we want to decrease our blue light exposure to support our circadian rhythm, support melatonin production and the shutdown of cortisol so that we can go to sleep. So these sunset lenses, which are red. I mean, my family is making fun of me. It's the funniest thing. I'll put these lenses. (laughs) They have bright red lenses. I'll be honest. At first, I wasn't sure how they were working, but I did notice that some of the eye strain that I was feeling Mm -hmm. from working on the computer and writing all day has really gone down. That's really helped me. And I'm finding that it's making me much more aware of the fact, because I'm looking through red lenses, that I shouldn't be looking at my phone or at a screen. Mm. So it's really helped me to decrease my my blue light expo- exposure from screens, the things that I you know was doing as a habit. It's really made me more aware of that. So that's a really cool product that I've just recently discovered. Now, are those lenses that go, because like right now you're wearing glasses, yeah. and I know you're not always wearing glasses. Do they go over your glasses? Or are you wearing them with contacts? So it's, they have, I think they have different versions. You can just buy red lenses. So you can just put them on like glasses over your contact lenses. If you wear contacts, Okay. I think you can also get them as prescription. So, okay, cool. um, so that's something to look into. So, yeah. Uh, so after that, really it's about, you know, relaxation connection, you know, going for a walk, getting some movement in after I eat my last meal. I really try to stop eating by 7 p.m. It's connection with family and friends, right? Whatever that looks like for you, playing games, sitting and talking, having tea with your friends. I don't know, whatever it is for you, (laughs) but you really want to wind down. And again, you're promoting that relaxation. You're regulating your nervous system, resetting your circadian rhythm, all of those good things. So that's sort of that evening time of like what, what goes on for me. I love that. Okay. So you are managing your blue light, turning off those screens. You're getting out for a little bit more movement, connecting, you know, having that space to sort of be with yourself and with others. Okay. Now it's bedtime. What happens before you shut your eyes and go to sleep for the night? Yeah. So again, very flexible. There are days when I'm just so tired. I just will make sure that I get into bed and lights out by 10 o'clock. You know, I'll do some of my basic, you know, brush my teeth, clean my tongue, you know, skincare and get into bed. Other nights, and I really try to do this whenever I can, I'm, you know, trying to get some, you know, herbal tea in, in the evening. I find that that's a way to just, again, regulate my nervous system. I'll make a cup of tea in the, the kitchen and take it upstairs with me or, you know, get out of the kitchen. So I'm not tempted to eat anything, you know, because my body's trying to clean up from the day and it might, my, my brain will start saying, oh yeah, you're hungry. No, actually it's just, it's working to clean up. So I try to get out of the kitchen. So I'll take some evening, evening tea. I do my nighttime skincare again, Sahajan skincare products. 
I might journal after that or read. It's really important that you're not reading on a screen of any kind, like a Kindle or a phone or your computer. I know that's really convenient for people. So it's not like I'm going to say that's a bad thing. And I think there are some devices that have less blue light. Is that right? I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. I know Kindles have, they have blue light, but it's a minimal amount and it's pointed at the screen, not so much at your eyes. Okay. So if you, maybe if you have blue light blocking glasses that you can wear while you do that, yeah. that might help offset that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, obviously I don't know the science of how how much blue light a Kindle emits, right. but certainly less than like, you know, a computer, computer screen or your phone. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely. So, you know, I get it that you might want to read on a, a digital, you know, product of some kind because you can make the font larger. I know that for me, that would be really great to do, but again, I'm trying to decrease my use of screens. So I'll actually read an actual book, <laughs> like a real physical book. And usually that doesn't activate my mind. And I all, you know, again, you want to choose what you're reading too. Like some people will purposely choose something that's like really boring or has a lot of science so that they can just start dozing off. You don't want to read something that's like an action thriller because it's going to activate your mind. Or if it's, you know, necessarily a topic that you're super interested in, because again, you're going to activate your mind. So you just want to be careful what you choose to read because it can do the exact opposite of what you're trying to do, which is to relax your mind. So I find that that's how I am. Yeah. I cannot read fiction before sleep. Oh, really? Even if I've read the book before, I will, I will stay up until 2am reading. Wow. I mean, it's just, I cannot use reading unless it's like sort of a coffee table kind of book with no plot where I can sort of set a bookmark a few pages ahead and then stop there. Yeah. But I have to, yeah, I have to be super cautious about what I read before bed because I, I will, I will stay up. I mean, it's yeah. really... Yeah. My husband is the opposite. He can read fiction and he'll fall asleep so quickly. Like his body is just trained to nod off, even if he loves the book. And I'm just a complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a physician too. So I know that that's probably why too. Oh, we're, yeah, we're, we're trained to be able to sleep at like, you know, we can snap our fingers and go to yeah. sleep. <laughs> um, it's but, true. Yeah. But it's I, you know, I do think again, you know, this is, again, it brings up a really good point that, you know, I can talk about all these things that we do, you know, that I do every day. The point is not to be rigid. It's not about like, you know, making sure you do things a certain, like, like the way I do it. You have to really tap into what makes you feel good and what works for you. And so even this idea of reading, there is a self-awareness that comes with like, oh yeah, fiction is going to make me go into that place of where I'm staying up until two in the morning. My husband Conwar is the same way. You give him a fiction book. He's like up until five o'clock. He'll read the whole book. He reads really fast. It's insane, right? And there are times when he does that and I'm like, oh my gosh. But, you know, for me, it does put me to sleep. <laughs> so, but if I read something nonfiction and I'm interested in it or I'm doing research or something like, you know, I will stay up too late reading it because I get really enthralled and my mind gets activated. And then I can't fall asleep because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, that's how that works. Oh, I get that. You know, and I'll start thinking about how it relates to Ayurveda and yeah, my mind goes spinning. So I think it's really important to be aware of how any of these routines that we've talked about, you know, affect your body and affect your mind and affect you. So it's, it's again about awareness and personalization of all of these ideas to what's good for you. Um, and then the last thing is I, you know, really yeah. try to stick to lights out by 10 p.m. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like what you just said, you know, about making sure that you pay attention to what works for you. So, 
you know, Avanti, I know you say this a lot, that all of this is about experimentation for yourself. So to try on some of these routines, you know, anytime you're reading one of the blogs on the website or listening to, yeah, your daily routine, it might not work for everybody. I know that reading is dangerous for me before bed. It even sometimes with nonfiction, like it takes a lot of work for me to find a book that I can trust I can go to sleep with. So most of the time I just don't do that because it doesn't feel safe. I'm like, I don't know if it'll work or not. So for me, you know, I might use coloring books or I can't paint anymore before sleep. I get, I get too wound up, but I'll listen to something. That's when I use those meditation apps or sleep podcasts to sort of tell me a story to, you know, take my brain to that place instead of this. Yeah. I can also get pretty activated about things I'm excited about at night. So I really love that emphasis. And I I hope that people really hear that, that it's customize your own. Yeah. I think the main point here is that you want to do things that relax your mind. They don't activate your mind. Right. And so, you know, if that means, you know, coloring in a coloring book is a great way to relax your mind. That's great for someone, you know, trying to color in a coloring book might, you know, bring up all their perfectionist tendencies and that's just going to activate them. So again, you know, journaling, coloring, doing a meditation, a guided meditation, any of these things can be really, really wonderful practices. But the idea here is to really start to relax your mind so that you can go to sleep. That's really the point here. So yeah, so that's the bedtime ritual for me. I love that. Okay, well, so we've gone through your whole day, basically a day in the life of Avanti, what those routines look like. Is there anything that feels unsaid or that you want to make sure listeners know about? No, I think that that's really sort of the main things, you know, these are just all the different, you know, products and tools that I've found that have been helpful. I know that there's many other ones, but we're not going to go into like every single little thing that we do. And, but these are some of the general tools and products that I've used that I've found over the years that I find really helpful and that I love the story of the founders and really believe in their products, love their products. So. Again, I hope that you guys find this really helpful. And, you know, if you have questions, please, you know, send an email through our website. You can send a SpeakPipe message through the link in the show notes. You can DM me on Instagram. If you have ideas or questions or thoughts, would love to hear from you. But I think that's everything, right, Ruth? We covered everything? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We did. Okay. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate you spending some time just talking through this because you have a wealth of knowledge too. So we'll have to do this again. I think this is fun. This was our first time doing an AMA together. I think we're going to, we're going to do this more often. So thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Thanks again for listening to the healing catalyst. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass it along to a friend. And if you're feeling really inspired, please rate and review so that others can find this podcast more easily. To learn more, head to avantikumarsingh.com. And to connect with me directly, find me on Instagram at avantikumarsingh. I'll be back next week and hope that you will be too. Until then, remember, with the right catalyst, you have the power to activate your own healing because healing starts within.